Welcome to episode six of the People's Project. Only two more episodes. There's this one, there's next week, and then there is chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Really? I did, I did this joke it's last over? week. It's over? You did. Oh, I'm um, so excited about chocolate. No, it is almost over. We're going to take a break. That's a shame. Are we taking... I don't want to take a break. Yeah, I can't keep up. So today, there's a lot to go through because uh, we had uh, a very good event last night, actually. That was that was great. Live event. Mm. Uh, I... I feel like I haven't really recovered. Yeah, well, I didn't drink anything other than orange juice, so I'm ready to go. But I, I, I thought the vibe was awesome. Vi- vibe was amazing. Good people. And I was surprised most of them are fans of this show. I assumed so. I mean, some people came up and, and said good day, and they had mentioned this show, so I assume that most people uh, are, are watchers. Do you think they liked you better or me better? Surely not. This is where the chunk of the show is going to come from tonight because so much has happened this week. Let's first talk about uh, tech censorship. Now, this is really cool that you are willing to go through this without me showing you. Yep. So you haven't heard any of this No preparation. Yeah, so let's see how your comments go. First of all, let's talk about YouTube. So YouTube came out, uh, this is on December the 9th. What's the date today? Is it about that? So roughly the 9th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 10th today. 10th. So this is yesterday and they put out this blog. And on it, uh, you can go here at, uh, I don't know how you're going to get to it, Google, supporting the 2020 US election. They say this, Josh. We will start removing any piece of content uploaded today or any time after, so that's yesterday onwards, that misleads people by alleging that widespread fraud or errors changed the outcome of the 2020 election. Yep, I'm not surprised. With this pretty nakedly open now, here he goes. We will remove videos claiming that a presidential candidate won the election due to widespread software glitches or counting errors. We will begin enforcing this policy today and we'll ramp it up in the weeks to come. This is absolutely ridiculous, and let me tell you why. If someone goes into court and presents what they've considered evidence for fraud, the fact of it is they have done that, and that is the evidence. It's a fact. They went into court and they presented this evidence. Now, whether or not fraud occurred is the very thing the court hearing is trying to decide. Mm. It's not a fact check. I've had three videos knocked back from Facebook because I want to show people that there is a court proceeding happening and they won't let me because it says fact check, there was no fraud. It's like that's exactly what the court is trying to decide. This this is big tech going into an editorial position, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, interestingly, I've never had a video flagged, fact-checked or popped up or taken down. I'm a bit of a serial offender. Yeah, but maybe I'm not saying anything worthwhile because I'm never flagging the systems. I don't know. Uh, there is also – so okay, so YouTube are nakedly now declaring, yes, we're going to do this. We're going to editorialise even though they claim they're not editors. Maybe it's because I sent them a letter saying that I was really unhappy at their philosophy of this because it's ridiculous. I mean, it's it's suppressing one side of an opinion like they do with just about everything else. Well, look, if it does come out that there's been widespread miscounting and whatever, they're going to look like idiots. Just like, you know, every MSM outlet 
they jump there was, on. I don't know if I said this on the show, but in 2015 there was a there was a conference at the White House led by Obama where all of this, like the CEO of uh, Facebook, Twitter, and I think YouTube uh, attended and it was on the basis of anti-disinformation. Okay. And they came out and the Twitter guy who's always known as a bit of a talker. Jack Dorsey. Yeah. Yeah. Said that um, they're going to use NGOs, so yeah. non-government organisations, yeah. to do this, yeah. and then all of these NGOs came up, and there's tons of money yeah. around for these yeah. startups, and a lot of them are worldview bias. So, in other words, a liberal have a liberal bias. So, in other words, elevating opinion to the level of fact. You know, we should just mention we just spent a couple of hours you recording your new show, so that should go live next week mm. sometime. And it's very timely because the whole premise, correct me if I'm wrong here, but your idea of your idea, what you take us on an adventure on is discovering that worldviews are so pervasive and so sitting underneath in our operating systems, if mm-hmm. you will, that these people like Jack Dorsey and Twitter and all, all of that, we claim you're biased. And then they say, no, we're not. We're trying to do our best. Yeah. And I say the same thing about Dan Andrews. And they are. It's yeah, just they really are. They really are. Mm-hmm. It's just that their worldviews, which no one's looking at, are yep. so different. Let me give you a really simple example. There are two ways to see this uh, glass as either half empty. No, no, carbonated or not carbonated. Or half full or carbonated. The the point about worldviews is you're all looking at the same data, Mm. but it's filtered through your specific worldview. That's right. And so when you enter in the data, you come out with a different conclusion because of your values and the other things that that come about. And so, you know, I don't want to claim that, there's some sort of conspiracy, but I feel it's very unfair that I'm not allowed to have a conversation about whether, um, you know, my video gets uh, blocked or not, because I'm not necessarily even posting it to say, look, there's fraud. I'm posting it to say, look, there's a hearing going on. Mm -hmm. Look, there is a conspiracy because the meaning of the word is simply like an organized movement, right? And there is. It's just I don't think it's it's uh, in their minds. I think it's no, their worldviews yeah, and doing, all of that. Yeah. They think it's really important that we do this yep. because we're actually stopping um, the potential unrest that could come. Exactly. And this is why we get uh, fact checks on things like this image. This is from Donald Trump's Instagram. Have you seen this? No. <clears throat> he is, uh, you know, remembering Pearl Harbor. There's nothing offensive at all in this. Pre- President Trump. 12th of the Look at this. I know. They're Joe, trolling him. Joe, Joe Biden is the projected winner of the 2020 US presidential election. What does that have anything to do with? Now, his whole feeds on Twitter, they're all just fact check, fact check. And mm. some of them, okay, are probably warranted because Donald Trump tends to run his mouth. But Tell come something. on. Why can't he? He can run his mouth. Why can't you say stuff that's ridiculous? Yeah, okay, well, there's an argument because he's the president, but they're not stopping him from saying it, right? They're just putting fact checks all over his stuff. Yeah, I mean... But my, my point is this. This is an error because they've removed it. Now, if you go and look at this now, this Instagram post from the real Donald Trump, this is not there anymore. Yeah, and that's probably really worth emphasizing is that there's not a human being necessarily doing all this work. They're, they're bots, right? And they make mistakes. Um, you mentioned, I think it was last night at the at the conference that um, you used to like a lot of people's uh, that's right posts and oh no uh, sorry when they comment like Rhea Shag mm. 
reaction for the show on, on my on discernible stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. And the bot came in and said, "You're doing that too much." Said I'm a bot and I yeah. can no longer interact with those shares and stuff. Yeah, yeah, which kind of is unfair for you. But tell me, why don't Facebook have what a lot of companies have, which is a some sort of regress? Uh, like redress. Redress, sorry. No, they do, but it's 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 automated again. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like, have you ever tried to solve a problem on uh, PayPal? It's kind oh, of difficult. Yeah, 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 yeah. You go through the flow chart, the automated flow chart. But, uh, look, it's getting a bit ridiculous what's going on here. Uh, there's there's actual real news that we weren't allowed to report, like Hunter Biden. Do you know Do you know the Hunter Biden story? About the laptop. Yeah, yeah. and when the criminal dealings with China. As of today, I think this was or yesterday. Yeah, today. A federal criminal investigation into Hunter Biden is yeah, looking at because they wanted to keep it out of the political thing. Here it is. So that's what they did. Like as soon as, as soon as the election was quote unquote over, then all of a sudden, oh, vaccine is available. Oh, Hunter Biden is being investigated. But I remember when you put up something like this, Hunter Biden will be investigated for his links to China, which is pretty damning. Uh, you would be immediately either fact-checked or removed. But now it's okay. Yeah. Because it's suppression. What we're talking about here is big tech acting as editors. And people, I'm sure you're aware of this, but I'm sure the people are aware of this, is that there's this debate going on in the US whether uh, these Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all this are service providers, carriage providers, mm. like a phone service. Because if you, if, you, if you were to get on the phone and put a bomb threat into the MCG, no one is going to sue Telstra, the phone company, for what you just did and you mm. caused. What Telstra issues. allowed me to do. Yes, because they're, they're a utility. Mm. Same as if you were growing, you know, some, uh, some kind of dodgy drug in here. You know, no one's going to sue the electricity company for giving you electricity. Uh, now, big tech claim that they are simply utilities that mm. they are not that they're platforms that they're not responsible for the editorial content that goes on this is why we have something called the section 230 uh, in the decency act in the us which i'm going to talk a little bit about this is at the moment they're talking about repealing it and this will change the entire landscape as we know it for big so tech. you mean repealing it as in they are liable Yes. So right now, big tech is protected under Section 230 of the 1996 Communications Decency Act. Some people call it the 26 words that grew the internet. They basically say that uh, these big publishers will not be held liable for content produced by others. It's, it's a neat little 26 words. And they rely on this Section 230 to, to um, basically have anyone write whatever they want as long as they're not acting as editors, mm. right? As long as they're not saying, you can say this, you can't say that, you should say this. But the, the blurring of the lines now is such that they're telling us what we can and can't post. So it'd be like the phone company saying, you're only allowed to call these people. You're not allowed to call the IPA. You're not allowed to call the Liberal Party. You're only allowed to call Labor Party. They don't do yeah, that. Yeah, no. But this is a bigger issue too because if you go onto the UN website and you look up uh, anti-disinformation in far, as far as combating violent extremism, you realise that the that it bleeds into this too. So personally, I think Facebook and Twitter have had a lot of pressure put on them mm. by some very big fish 
And they're simply trying to survive. Mm -hmm. So they're like, yeah, sure, okay, censorship. I mean, I would really be interested in finding out what um, uh, that Australian from WikiLeaks. Julian Assange. Julian Assange. uh, What he thinks about this and whether he saw this coming, whether he's had pressure put on him. I mean. Well, so he'll be on the show next week. So that. Look at your face. I mean, I'm not sure what I think about Julian Assange. I don't necessarily agree with him, but I know that he's really all like he's really into like free flowing information and Mm -hmm. no no secrets. Mm -hmm. Which, if you've ever seen an old movie called Sneakers, that's what they were about. Like no secrets, code breaking, and all that sort of stuff. I think I've seen that. It's a good movie. It's got River Phoenix in it. Weaver Phoenix. Sorry, River Phoenix. River, oh, I was wetting name. my lips. Cute, cute. Who is who's River Phoenix? Is she cute? Are you it kidding sounds, me? It sounds cute, so I'm wondering. If she's River cute. Phoenix. The name is so cute. Joaquin Phoenix's brother. Oh, really? I can't believe oh, he's not that, that cute. She might. Am not I be really cute. that old? You're very old. Wow. Or rather, I'm young. So interestingly, though, Section 230 has been coming under fire from everywhere. Ted Cruz in the US has been a big one. Mm. Donald is Trump. That Tom Cruise. That's Tom Cruise's dad. How do? No, that's not. so. Ted Cruz. He's around Texan. Uh, p- both Trump and see, they say President Elect Joe Biden, but he's not actually President Elect yet until they certify the vote. Both Trump and Joe Biden have called for the repeal of Section Two Thirty. So this is a real deal that might actually go ahead. <clears throat> and if they do repeal it, uh, it means that Facebook will be forced and all the other platforms to do a stack more censorship yeah because they could be held liable for some of the if people put a hydroxychloroquine post or whatever they will be held liable yeah because this this was enshrined in the victorian the truth sorry liable for telling the truth i might add this was enshrined in the victorian charter of human rights that we read a couple of weeks ago where it said freedom of speech yeah but if you talk about something that has is regard to public health we're allowed to um waiver your freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, the top-down control is emerging, or it seems that it's emerging, mm-hmm. and so we're sort of reading the news going, oh, this is this is ominous. But, um, you know, for not wanting to sound like a broken record, if you understand the fundamentals of the worldview... You're like, they've been doing this for ages. I mean, Al Gore, did you know that Al Gore's wife was the person most uh, pushing for um, censorship of music? Do you remember when you had the little sticker of uh, on CDs where it would say... Uh, swear words inside. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So there was a big court case in America oh. where they were trying to censor music uh, lyrics of music, and Al Gore's wife was the one that was pushing for that. Okay. And so what that means is that the the humanists, the secularists uh, throughout history have always been on trying to suppress freedom of speech, oh, yeah. just freedom of speech yeah. that is convenient for them. Okay. I don't know why she got into it. She said it was like for the good of culture, and that's what they really honestly believe. Yeah, they again. really honestly believe they're doing it to stop riots and to stop mm. uh, people fighting each other. And they're, they're, they're just, it's, it's, that's why they call it Big Brother. Look, maybe, maybe, maybe they are suppressing rights. I don't know. But the point is, you can't have it both ways. You can't say, I'm a carriage service provider, leave me alone, Section 230 applies, I'm not liable. 
and at the same time, you can't crack down and start canceling your posts and putting fact checks everywhere. So it's going to, uh, we're coming to a head. Something's going to happen. But don't worry, something did happen today. We are up to date today. Do you know what happened today? What happened today? 48 Let's say today a couple more times. Today, today, today. today. Let's say World View a couple more times. World View, that's much harder. Say Irish wristwatch three times fast right now. Did you get it? Uh, no, I didn't, but I want to move on. So US sta- 48 US states. You know how many states are in the US? I don't. There's about 50, right? I think. There's 52. No, but that's what I thought. But then someone said, no, it's 50. There's some territories. That's what I mean. Mm. I think it's 50, isn't it? No, I think it's 51 and then a territory. Yeah, no, like, so. for example, uh, Puerto Rico was annexed. That's a territory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they were talking about annexing another territory, but I'm not sure. It's it's complicated and it's not my country. The so. point is 48 of those 50 or 52 states or 51 states, depending on what you believe, him or me, uh, 48 of them are suing Facebook. Well, mm. not suing Facebook. They're bringing antitrust uh, proceedings to break it up. To break up Facebook. To break up Facebook. Doesn't that sound like what... Microsoft Thing I doing. Do no, doesn't that sound like what uh, Rudd is trying to do to News Corp? Yeah, yeah, he is. But that's coming. Good luck. But still, I, I mean, he's he's vexatious. Similar things don't mean this. Like they're the same. This is legit, though. That's Rudd. Who cares about Rudd? Come on, you've got to care about what people are doing. Yeah, but I don't think that many people take him seriously. Even the 500,000 signatures he's got in that petition, they're not all real. You know, he looks like a teddy bear. If you had, like, those little glasses oh, and sat him in a rocking a chair, he'd look... I, I anyway, had, let's, let's get back I had high hopes for him when he came in 07, even though I didn't want him to get in. I voted uh, against I him. I never really liked him. Okay, but he did represent kind of a wake-up and shake-up to the, what John Howard was doing. John Howard lost his way towards the end. Yeah, I, I was really looking forward to um, Costello being Prime Minister that when that never happened. I really have a lot of respect for Costello. Yeah. We, so people have said we need a Costello or someone like that to rise up now that the people trust. I agree, but you know, where's that going to come from? Costello. I, well, maybe. Trump's running at I think he's done now. Yeah, of course. Who would go into a stupid game like politics? Right at this moment, yeah. It's Ever. Ever. It's tough. Uh, so 48 states are bringing this against – now, that breaks up Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and could fragment it, and Facebook are fighting back, saying we're not as big as Google and blah, blah, blah. So it is on. Tell me Facebook isn't as big as Google. Who cares? Facebook is international. Mm. Controls so much of our um, society as well, our dialogue, everything, our news. And, uh, you know, they, they did, there was also an executive action by Trump to, to remove Section 230 provisions, which is not as strong as a repeal of the section. See, I don't necessarily agree with removing it. Their protections. Yeah. No, be- I think they should and they should stop editorializing. No, no. To be honest, I don't think that. I, I honestly think if you don't like what Facebook are doing, make another business. But that's what I'm saying. They should continue to have the protections. Yeah. Yeah. And stop editorializing because you've got protections as a carriage service. You can't just say Parler will take over. They're doing their best. But there's, there's a big monopoly going on here. I just, I want government to stay out of business and that's- how business runs. Well, Section 230, I think, is is a good way of just keeping everyone happy. I probably don't know enough about it to have a, a legitimate opinion. 
I probably need to do some more research and reading. Well, in any case, we're either going to go into a world where they have to stop editorializing, haha, it's not going to happen, right? Or we're going to go into a world of them losing Section 230 uh, status and being broken up through antitrust suits. Now we're going to talk about uh, celebrate. Vaccinations have arrived. UK is rolling them out. How come you? How, why, why is it funny? Why are you not excited about vaccinations? I mean, I'm not anti-vax. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I vaccinated my children uh, or my child. I'm vaccinated. I have no issues. I, I I was trained medically. I have no issues with vaccinations, but mm. there's just something about this this one that just feels like I can't trust anybody. Now, you know, look. Right. I have no worries with the vaccine, right? Really? Yeah. I, I, have, I, I, ma- I have many. I, just just game theory, right? All right. It just doesn't seem logical if they were going to do something nefarious with the vaccine that they would do it with this one. They would not do it with this one and do something nefarious after everyone has gotten used to it. Right? You get what I mean? Why do they have to make it mandatory then? Because you have to get used to the mandatoriness of life. Because we're moving into this top-down government thing because they want to stop. Oh, let's leave it there. We'll talk about that a bit later. Yeah. You know how uh, we do a lot of sarcasm on the show, people? I can't believe I even What are you talking about? I can't believe I have to point this out. Where's the sarcasm? But the thing is when I open this segment saying celebrate there's a vaccine, guys, please catch up. Most of you understand that we talk a lot of silliness on the show, and that's deliberate. Uh, when I, so, yeah, just I'm going to get slammed for saying congratulations, a vaccine has arrived, and I need everyone to just calm down and expect us to talk silliness all the time. The sillier, the better. Anyway, the vaccine's arrived. Yeah, yeah, let's have a party. See, I did it again. Vaccine party. Vaccine party. Uh, now, quite seriously though, uh, new people are worried about mandatory vaccinations. I'm worried about mandatory anything. Because I wanted, don't I say like well choice. View. Don't say well view. No, I like choice. And then uh, not the magazine. Pe- no, I don't mind the magazine. The magazine's useful. Uh, I have thoughts on it, but I won't digress. Uh, the mandatoriness of a vaccine is what people have a problem with mm-hmm. mostly. Now it's medical, it's chemical, yeah. it's a treatment. I really have a problem with mandatory medical treatment. That just puts my mind right back to Nazi Germany for for uh, what's want name? of a better that, example. That doctor, yeah, who experimented on all the Yeah, kids. crazy. Oh, I can't remember his name either, but yeah, he's nuts. Well, you're going to love the next three points I'm going to oh, bring up. Really? It's dark, man. <clears throat> coercive vaccination is, is really what's going to happen. So define, define what you mean by coercive vaccination. So when Alan Joy says you can't fly. Yeah. Overseas, unless you have a man uh, a vaccination. Okay, well, I'll fly on jets. I'll fly on jets. I'll fly on Virgin. Yeah. But then when they all say it, okay, yeah. well, I won't travel overseas. Well, this is related to the Facebook thing. That's coercive opinion. Yes, true. But let me continue on this. Uh, so I'll fly on Virgin. But then then they'll all do it. And then okay, well, I won't fly overseas. But then well, you can't uh, go on public transport. Okay, well, I won't. I'll just drive my car. Yeah. No, but now you can't. Uh, they keep going and. Yeah. Coercion actually is mandate, really. Yeah. When you get down to it, no jab, no pay, no jab, no play. It's semantics. It's like, okay, we don't say it's mandatory, but it's mandatory. It's effectively mandatory. It's a different sort of mandatory. They I say, mean, if you're an old, if you're someone 
who is in the later half of your life and you don't really leave the house other than to go down and get shopping. Yeah. You don't want to go on a holiday. You don't work. I mean, maybe fine then. Yeah, if you exactly. Wanna, if you want to interact in our society, yeah, you have to have a Because seriously, the way that this works usually is let's do it now because eventually the people that resist are going to die. Mm. And as long as we've made it normal for the the um, generation coming up, they, they'll accept it. Yes. Well, you know, we accept no jab, no play in that all of our kids have to be vaccinated at the moment uh, in a lot of those- Which I think is ridiculous. Really? But I also I think- I don't mind the MMR vaccine. But I also think some of the arguments that people have against vaccinations are ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I, I'm happy to, ha- to for freedom of opinion, yeah. but um, but I really think it's it's- I mean, the whole idea of vaccinations is that you don't want to get the the disease, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've had measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine. Yeah, not the vaccine, the disease. Oh, you're alive! I've had all of them. Wow! And the vaccine didn't work for me, right? Oh. But I have been vaccinated. I just. I got measles. I got Maybe mumps. the vaccine gave you those. And things. I got re- rubella measles. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I was told by my doctor, now, don't go anywhere. And if you see a pregnant woman, run the other direction because that's the whole problem with rubella, right? So basically, I was quarantined at home. How old were you? Oh, I was 13, 14. Oh, a century ago. Yeah. And um, not a century. Not that old. Come on. Uh, <laughs> I snuck out to go down and play video games. Oh, of course you did. Endangered the community. You'd be in jail in these. In I became climate. a professional Street Fighter Two player. So the, the thing about you know, and here's someone who um, you know, I I, I I love the polio vaccine, but I'm not mm. going to touch the coronavirus vaccine. Yeah, no way. No, you're not coming near me. Like thalidomide. Do you remember that? Or well, you probably don't remember it. No, no, it was before I, I all it. of us were. No, yeah, born. that was dodgy. It killed heaps of babies, right? Yeah, it caused massive uh, and horrible and defects. birth defects yeah. and mutations. Yeah, but it was a drug that was promoted uh, for morning sick to solve morning sickness. So people yeah. who were pregnant were told, take this, and it was causing, oh, it was horrendous. But it's not necessary that that sort of thing is going to happen with this mm. vaccine. But the one thing that we don't know about is mRNA viruses, yeah, they're same. messing around with the, your genes. Yeah, good fun. Right? Yeah. So there's none that have been tested like that. Well, look, the thing is we won't have a choice soon. Let me give you a few examples, and here's number one. New York State, which is a state of the US, has introduced the A11179 bill to their assembly, which I assume is their lower house. I'm going to read you a little bit of it. First of all, uh, they are saying, at the time a vaccination for COVID-19 is approved by the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, uh, such vaccine shall be required to be safely and effectively distributed Okay, so it's distributed around the country, but required goes on. Is it required to be safely distributed in that it's required to spread out and be everywhere, not necessarily required to take? The first part, but I'm about to read you the second part. Once the United States FDA Evaluation Research Task Force has approved the safety and effectiveness of a COVID-19 vaccination... If public health officials determine that residents of the state of New York are not developing sufficient immunity to COVID-19, 
It's problems already. The department shall mandate vaccination for all individuals or groups of individuals who, as shown, are proven to be safe to receive such a vaccine. It's important I read out the actual text, Josh, because that's what this channel is about and discernible. I know, it's real. I know. So, so uh, they are saying you must, as this is not a law on us saying we must get the vaccine, it's a law on them saying they must vaccinate people in yeah. New York State if sufficient herd immunity hasn't developed. Yeah, I know. And the only standards are if they think it's safe. Yeah, the 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 sense of the the uh, I used to call it aristocracy, but I don't think that's the right term. It's a technocracy at the moment. Yeah, it's a similar thing. And and I think that's just ridiculous. But at the same time, I mean, I can understand why they're doing it. Again, from the worldview perspective, but still pretty evil. Yeah, it's it's. I wouldn't be happy about it. Put it this way. I mean, if Texas if Texas has ever decided to secede, now's probably a better time than any. Oh, they've got ammo for it. But the reason why I bring up the New York one is this is the first time I've seen the government nakedly do, see the approach is different. They're not hiding behind it's for your health, it's for your safety. Yeah. Or and they're not even saying we'll require you to get it. They're literally saying if we determine you haven't built up enough immunity in the community, yeah. and if we determine that it is safe for you to take it, you must, we will take, we will give it to you. You must have it. That, that This is naked. Yeah, I know. And also, when you look at the statistics of the death rates and the distribution, distribution over age, it doesn't warrant this. It gets worse. Don't make it get worse. It's coming. All right. Unless people do something about it. Now we're going to jump locally to Western Australia. And oh, yeah, I've heard about this. You know about this one. There's a bit of reading today, but look. Okay. The Public Health Act, which is in force in Western Australia, Public Health Act 2016, currently says in Section 158 that if an authorised officer gives a direction to someone, so we know authorised officers, we've been complaining about this in Victoria, authorised officers running around with all this power. If they give a direction to be uh, have a medical treatment examination or to be vaccinated, an authorised officer or a police officer may use reasonable force to ensure that the direction is complied with, including apprehending and detaining the person, detaining the person in a relevant place where they're to undergo uh, medical examination treatment or to be vaccinated, to restrain the person to enable vaccination observation treatment, to remove anything from the person, including underwear, that the relevant person is wearing, and then to undergo medical examination treatment or vac forced vaccination. This remember, is current law. Do you remember when um, the the Qatar airport police forced uh, physical exams on women because they found a child, uh, a newly born child in the bin in a toilet? Remember that? I don't. I remember the bin in the toilet. I don't remember the forced examinations. So I think it was four or five women, Western women, to check if they had just delivered if they a baby. Were the ones a forced examination. This sounds like a that, and there was a big outcry in Australia over that, right? Women's rights and all that sort of stuff, as there should be. But this is like that. I mean, that's full on. Yeah, this is full on. 
at least look, they're very nice. They said, if any action is undertaken under subsection one involving the removal of an item of clothing like underwear, it must be done with decency and sensitivity. So while you're getting your mandated vaxes, it's done with decency and sensitivity as they rip your underwear You know off. what? I don't mean any disrespect to any um, Native Australian people that are watching, but are they going to do this in the Aboriginal communities? What's the difference? In Arnhem Land and stuff like that? Because that's a different jurisdiction. Is it? Yeah, like they have their own laws. Like it's, I don't think so. It's it's different in Northern the, Territory. Yeah, but the cultural laws don't super. They sit or like even like in, are they going to go through and force all the the Aboriginal people to be vaccinated from this? So this brings up the last and the most scary point is when you look at mandated anything. When you look at big government, who suffers? Without fails, always yeah us. But which part of us? It's never Turak. No, it's never. Um, it's never. I don't know. You you keep talking. Okay, whether you look at the the towers that were locked down, the public housing towers in the poor Melbourne, people is what you're going for. Yeah, but not just the poor. Anyone who's whether you're with the lower parts of society, whether you're poor or young, so mm. either unborn babies yeah. or children, young and the very old, the weak or the very old. It's the the people without a voice. Yeah. And so this is, and the indigenous culture, Arnhem Land and so on, it's always- and the homeless people. Homes, yep. They, these guys get crushed. And we see this time and time again. Those of us who are lucky enough to be in the middle class or even perhaps the upper middle class, they've got it really good. We don't get to affected. To be honest, it's, it's, it's like the rising tides. It's like it you have to have more and more money and influence to get away from these things as time goes on. Yes, I agree. So anyway, the-, the as you, the, the bottom people who drown first mm. is always them. And, and with children, you know what they're talking about now in Queensland? Oh, don't tell me. Forced COVID-19 vaccinations to go to school. Yeah. On the most safest, unsusceptible part of our population they is would, children. They would consider them... I consider them little germ spreaders. Yeah, I know, but we're experimenting on them. They have yeah. no voice. They have no ability to vote. They have no ability to critically think or to stand up to an adult. And they're really susceptible to suggestion and, yeah. and fear and all those other things. Yeah, there's lots of things that are happening in terms of children that really, really get me. This is the this is the problem. The weakest members right now are going to get smashed. And look, uh, interesting point from the... Uh, the, uh, the professor of medical statistics from Cornell I had on recently said, uh, there are many similarities between this coronavirus and other coronaviruses like the flu. Uh, and he said, there's a difference though. This coronavirus is better in the way it targets the old part of the population and does not target the young. Whereas influenza targets both the very young and the very old. So Yeah, yeah. And that was, I think, one of the arguments, I mean, we'll get fact-checked for this, but that was one of the arguments for why it suggested that it was designed. Yeah, we're going to talk about that soon with China. But yeah, but the fact that it um, uh, is least less deadly to young people than even the normal flu, and we're going to start vaccinating those young kids. Because I think I want to, all right, let's just go all out, right? What if, Scary. like, let's go crazy. I'm not usually the one going crazy, but let's go crazy. What if COVID was released on the world to cover up for the voting fraud in America oh, wow. so that the UN can really finally start to put this downward pressure on the world with the Great Reset? Do you reckon 20,000 people just tuned out and 60,000 people just jumped on? I know. Yeah. 
All right, let's go to China because this this is a, a real deal. Uh, China and COVID. You know that China said they had hurt feelings when when Australia asked for an investigation. Oh, China having hurt feelings oh, is no. like how can you hurt a stone? Oh, oh wow, so racist towards my my race. Sorry. Uh, China China is interesting. They um they play the game, the polit- global politics game, a bit differently. But Australia came out and said we need to investigate where COVID came from, which you're saying was was it planted or whatever. China come out, top diplomat says, oh, yeah, this hurt our feelings. This is the new Cold War. It's heating up. So you've heard our feelings. This is back in uh, August, right? Old news. Uh, and. Now we're finding that they're starting to blame a whole bunch of people. So they, in the, in the last little while, China has said more and more evidence uh, suggests that the frozen seafood or meat products uh, spread the virus from countries into China. This is from a Chinese epidemiologist. Uh, and keep in mind, China's a bit different. A lot of the uh, people you speak to are pressured by the state, especially things like the Global Mail. Is they're, it Global Mail? The um, Chinese publications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've said now... Uh, that uh, the official, actually real Chinese CCP party officials have claimed that coronavirus has come in on frozen products to China from the chicken wings from Brazil, squid from Russia, shrimp from Ecuador, prawns, pork from Germany, and salmon from Norway. So in other words, it started everywhere but China. Well, they've just started to blame us. Yeah, because it's our fault. <clears throat> China but suggests- this, is, this is a tactic we've seen before. Yeah. If you're a student of political history, especially yeah. Cold War history, this disinformation is where it all started. This is the, they're going too far, which I'll show you after this slide. China suggests COVID nineteen arrived in Wuhan, which is where we all agree it came. Well, most scientists say it came from. Arrived in Wuhan via frozen meat products, including Australian meat. So now we did it. Australia did it. It's our fault. But here's some interesting news. But you're thinking this is for the world. To be honest, I don't think this is necessarily for the world. They, this is more for themselves, their own population. Our internal yeah, yeah, yeah. propaganda, yeah. Because they know that, you know, We're their own people it. get out on the internet and look at American news and other things like that. So half the re- – like, don't assume that this is to – Turn us off because we're point. not stupid. So this is like right? North Korean propaganda. It's yeah, not for yeah. Us. There's like a double bluff. It's also for expats. There's yeah, a lot, yeah. of, lot of Chinese here that believe everything the CCP. And also, out. I wouldn't be like I would uh, analyze things for for like communication to spies in country. Yeah. Like, don't put <laughs> they're smart people in China, right? Very. And so, don't put stuff. Uh, don't think that they're like backwards or anything. They're not. No. They're real clever. I agree. Well, they're backwards in the way that they've decided. So to- they're not stupid. This isn't. This isn't stupid. This is designed, right? It's designed to achieve the purpose for which it was designed for. So if we don't understand the purpose, it's going to look stupid to us. But that would internally that would work really well hmm. to make people believe what uh, get the heat off the government. It wasn't yeah. wasn't asked the Chinese and government. And like you said, expats still are nervous about the CCP. No, that, well, the ones I'm talking to love the CCP. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So people that have moved out of China, they still have this residual mm-hmm. either love or fear for, for like, I think, I think it was one person that I heard an interview from said they still believe that the government can get them even though they're in Australia now. There might be some truth to that, which will cover 
next. You, you don't even know what's on this list and you are naturally going through in a... It's not that hard. Oh, it's beautiful because I made this list. Uh, so this is playing to an internal audience and it's getting the heat off the government so they, they don't think that their own Chinese government had the outbreak. They think that other people did it. So that's, and that's working. I was going to say like the, the big... Do you remember the Cuban? You don't remember the Cuban Missile Crisis, but you know what about the it. Cuban yeah, Missile yeah. Crisis? How it was a an yeah, one upping, yeah. and it really got close. Close. It's kind of like a child's version now with the oh, we're going to put tariffs on this, we're going to put tariffs mm. on that, we're going to put tariffs on this, and we're going to put two hundred percent tax on that from China, and they'll just do it all around Australia because for some reason. Australia thought it was the best thing in the world for our country to form almost 90 to 100% of our trade with China with a communist country. I remember all the rage back in the Rudd days. Yeah, because moving to China. They but they had a huge of course they're a good trading partner. No, that's no, the wrong way. Of, okay, that's the wrong way of saying it. Of course, they're a lucrative trading partner. Yeah, yeah, definitely Sorry. because of the population. Yeah. But if you look at who Australia get to trade with in the Southeast Asia quadrant, it's India, China, um, Malaysia. And so they're very populated countries, right? So on the sheer numbers, it's great, mm. right? But at the same time, their government structures really hate mm. Australia. Mm. Like it's 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 funny though that we're kind of we're the only Western country in this Asian sort of mm-hmm. block. You know what I mean? And New Zealand doesn't count. But I'm a big proponent of increasing trade to Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, uh, Indonesia, Singapore, Malaysia, and I India. I think trade needs to be on a case-by-case basis. No, but these countries have not shown to be and aggressive towards us. You sh- yeah, that's fine. Indonesia, maybe. That Just doing it on a case-by-case basis doesn't exclude anyone off the bat. Mm. But I think if someone is m- moving their government towards a totalitarian government, we should be flexible enough to say, no, I'm not going to trade with you. Well, ScoMo has done a good job standing up. and yeah, I, I have- I'm proud. I'm proud, but you know, it's hard. I have a friend who has a wine export business into China and they've gone from, I can't remember the numbers, it's like 10, 20 grand a month to zero. Yeah, because it's tariff. tough. It is tough because uh, he has staff. Yeah, no, look, it's tough, but I really am free market and you've got to roll with the punches. I agree. But so even he's conflicted. He says on the one hand, and he's Asian, one hand, he's like the Chinese government's being an absolute tool mm. and we need to stand up to them. But on the other hand, as a business owner who's selling wine into China, he says, ScoMo, WTF, what are you doing? Yeah, but like the miners, right? The miner, There was a miner, mining company that was going into um, a country that was politically risky mm. and the country just turned around on them and took all their mines. What country is this? Uh, Thailand. Oh, okay. I lost a lot of money. Oh, <laughs> you're telling a personal story. <laughs> and of a failed so investment. what I'm saying is if you're a business owner 
and you haven't done your due diligence mm. into your market, mm. into a communist market, and recognised that there's political risk there, mm. then come on. I mean... Yeah, I, I look, at the end of the day, I'm sorry for him, but I don't want Scoma to turn around and just, uh, you know, give in. China wins the battle and he can sell yeah, more wine. Yeah, and I don't want no. to seem insensitive, and I recognise this as people's lives, and I, yeah. I, I mean, you guys know me. I... I I, I really do care about yeah. people. But at the same time, you can't run to government to solve your private personal mm. or your private company problems. Increasingly we do. And it I know. Seems... I think it's a it gives government way too much power. I mean, yeah. we both have said on the show we're against central, further centralising government. Mm. But when everybody's running to government, even the people that are supposedly conservatives, um, to solve their problems, I mean... Where are we going? Like, how are we going to reverse that? Do you know where we're going? We're going to have some truth, finally. You ready? CDC reports. So the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in the US, reports that they have taken blood samples uh, <gasps> in, in December 2019. What? They've taken blood samples in December 2019. Oh, they take blood samples all the time. Yeah, I know. But they've taken these samples in December 19 and have found COVID-19 antibodies. Okay, wait. Just this, wait. This is big. Wait. No, it's wait. Big. Is it COVID-19 antibodies yes. or is it coronavirus antibodies? Yep. So they have ruled out other coronavirus. It specifically says in this Wall Street Journal article, which um, I know not who, I know not everything's trustworthy, but this is you know, okay. better than most. Who wrote it? Uh, Betsy McKay. And what's her credential? Did you do any research on her? Not on Betsy because I was looking into the CDC. Yes, the CDC did actually report this. Okay. Right, so the CDC... Has said this, and there's already been some rumors that COVID 19 has been floating around in the global community long before December 19. So it kind of throws up who cares about China blaming who and us blaming it. This supports my my big global conspiracy of coronavirus being released for the thing. Question is, how long has it been here? Because I've how got, do you tell? We've got that's the thing. You have to find blood samples from two, three years ago and test yeah, for COVID nineteen antibodies. I thought it was ridiculous when they were testing water supplies and stuff like that. I just thought, man, they're just like when you go out and look for something, you're gonna that find hard. It. You're gonna yeah. find it, especially with PCR tests. The more yeah. you spin it, the more you find. It's like a noise floor, if you know about signal to noise ratios. You spin it more, you raise the noise floor. Anyway, uh, this is interesting because uh, it, it may be some truth to those medical experts who have been saying that had we not have known about COVID-19, it would it hasn't radically affected uh, overall all-cause death rates around the world. Mm. We wouldn't have known that it was here. It appears like a coronavirus. So a lot of them are saying we wouldn't have noticed it. And so instead, we're searching for it in crazy places. Like now in Melbourne and, and around the world, they're saying we found it in the sewerage, in Apollo Bay, yeah, for example. ridiculous. I mean, what? first show me why that's relevant mm -hmm. and then tell me. But what about when Jacinda Ardern finished her first lockdown? She said, oh, we have to lock down again temporarily because we have a couple of cases and it may be coming in on the boxes, on the yeah. freight items. And they were completely wrong. Were they? I didn't follow that one. No, the one in this is South Australia, right? Oh no, this one was uh, Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand. Okay, so in similar population, South Australia, they thought it came out of a pizza. That's right. Sto That's shop, right. Yeah. And they shut it down because they thought that it was pizza box was carrying it to the yeah. delivery site. Yeah. And they panicked. Yeah. And it turns out someone lied to them. That's right. Like seriously, there is so much. Like if you know about. Um, 
you know, medical bugs and stuff mm. like that, and you listen to some of what these politicians are saying, the reasons they're giving, you just think you are foolish. Would you like some more? No. Yep. I so there, there, there was this one that said with the sewage that coronavirus can, is in our sewage system. If you have a hotel or a house where there is a shared sewage system, mm-hmm. this article claimed- It's going to go up your bum and into your nose. <laughs> is that what you're going to tell me? In, in With different words. It, was a, it wasn't a clickbait article. It was a serious article. It said that the coronavirus can go down one toilet through the sewage system and the other, the other party in an apartment block in the other apartment can be infected via coronavirus coming back up through their toilet. <laughs> Look at your Look. face. I'm just so... It's so out of control. I can't... This is why I don't so watch the news. You know, going coming on this show, I've, I've had to start oh, consuming some news yeah. every now and then. Yeah. And, oh, man, it's painful. It's painful. Let me tell you a little story. It's related. When coronavirus first emerged, right? I'd known about it. I was, I was, I knew it was emerging in, in China and stuff like that. So this was before the lockdown, like really early, like January, February. I don't watch the news as a standard, right? And so when this happened, I was tempted to watch the news because I wanted more information. I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. So I went and I looked up for information as I normally do, but not news-related information, more like articles and stuff like that. So not not tabloid news. And um, I was talking to people and they started to get panicked. I was walking around and I remember this was the panics with the, um, the... the uh, emotional buying in the supermarkets. Uh, toilet paper and friends. Yeah. And so I just thought that was ridiculous for a, for a, effectively a, a nose or a head cold, right? Anyway, so I'm walking around the supermarket and everybody's got this weird vibe about yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, And they were sort of... Yeah. <laughs> you know? Some it was just so bizarre. Yeah. And what I realized was it was because I wasn't watching what everybody else was watching. I was yeah. not scared. That's amazing. And so the people, even um, people that are normally pretty balanced that I was talking to, were saying, you know, I think your view of this is a little bit too simple. And I'm like, not really. I'm going on SARS and the other thing. I recognize it's serious. I recognize it's a real disease. But what pe- what's happening is just mm. really outlandishly over the top. This is how politicians get away with it, though. Fear is so yummy for our brains. Uh, but do you notice how the, the information flow, yeah. the signal-to-noise ratio, there's just so much noise. It's I found it, like, normally I can find what I'm looking for, right? Statistics, usually. But it was so hard really early on to find anything trustworthy. Mm. So it, it actually made it, it got me mad and frustrated because I'm like, no, you have to be doing this on purpose because I know that there are doctors that are treating it, that I should be able to know what the disease process is by now. I should be, have gram stains of the the lungs. I should be able to get some evidence here. But I was going into April and June and still nothing was coming out. It was so frustrating. Uh, now, Even now, I read a new thing from Dan about trusting this we'll always trust the data and trust the science well, what science and you go, yeah. we've got to read the data what data he just won't give it to us but you know why people are so scared this is thanks to a, friend, a good friend of mine named mel she pointed out 
two news articles, a bit of a lower rung than what I've quoted. They were like news.com, that kind of thing. But one of them said that coronavirus may cause your teeth to fall out. And the other one said coronavirus may give you erectile dysfunction. It's just like, it, at the moment, it's just scare the living bejesus out of everyone. That's all the goal is. Yeah, and there's a principle. The, the threat of something is usually far scarier than the actual thing. Yeah. I mean, that comes from Saul Alinsky's book. It's one of his rules for radicals. Um, yeah, Peterson talks about Saul Alinsky's book. Yeah, it's book. a good book. If you, like rules it, for Radicals. Rules for Radicals. It was written, you know, in the previous generation. But I personally think, along with the worldviews, that the, the playbook for change agentry in society is, is really important to know. So Rules for Radicals, it's a great book. Get it. Um, it's worth reading. Well, now we've made fun of everyone and everything and ourselves and China a lot, and I haven't yet brought up my weight, which is good. But let's talk about some serious aspects of, of China. This is the last thing I want to talk about. China, uh, a Chinese professor named, 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 named. Oh, man. I professor so, D. Dongsheng. I so nearly made a joke. Just there. Yeah, no, I'm going all serious. Now, you can make a joke. It's just that what he's <laughs> no, saying is quite No, I didn't want right. to make the joke. It was just because it said dong. No, no, How it was that I you? forgot we were being filmed, right? And yeah. I felt like we were just together, and I would make a joke that I never would have said just do it. in public. Just do it. Is it really no, rude? I don't want to. Oh, okay. Don't force me to do something I don't want to do. I won't reveal to them that you're a racist. It's mandatory. That's right. No, it's okay. Uh, I just, I use, I love inappropriate words. Do you? Yeah, I love inappropriate words. I think they're so funny. Dong is not that funny when you're above ten years old. Should I say it? Should I say it? No, I don't no, think you I should, shouldn't say case. it. All right. So Professor Di Dongsheng is 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 quite important because he's from uh, where is he from? He's the vice dean of the School of International Relations at uh, Renmin University. Renmin University, where is, is it? China is used a lot by uh, the CCP to to bring up their cadets. It's oh, it's, okay. it's a so it's a training. Yeah, most of Chi- most Chinese institutions are connected with the government, right? Anyway, <clears throat> in this this is a video which will. Um, We'll show in a minute some of it. He actually bells the cat, as they say. He uh, actually comes out and says some, some, this is blowing up all across the internet in the last couple of days, uh, admits to the connections that the CCP has high up in the administrations of the US. Yeah. Uh, openly says, now we have a more compliant person in Joe Biden, we'll be able to get more done. And says, uh, makes reference to particular people that he doesn't name, like a woman who's doing some kind of spy work over there. So who was he speaking to when he gave this information? A huge a huge haul of, of people. In that, China or in, in a different... In, in China, in okay. this university. Yeah, okay. All applauding. But this has been taken down internally in China behind the Great Firewall uh, because he's obviously slipped a little bit, uh, unless he's very, very smart and he's Is leaking he still it. still alive? I don't know. I assume so because what he does is he talks up how good China are doing and he specifically says that they used to exercise their power through Wall Street. So he's not saying they've got people high up in the government, more that they've got them high up in Wall Street and then they use Wall Street to pressure the United States government Mm. and then he complains that from 2016 they had a president they could not control. Oh, you're talking about America? Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From 16 to now, he's complaining there's nothing we could do, but now we're returning to the status quo of what what we have. So you've got to ask yourself the question when you hear this story, there's so much control in China. How did this get out? 
is it a double bluff? Are they trying to make me think something that they want me to think? Am I? Well, well, look at. Let's have a look at twenty seconds of it, and you can judge and see whether you think the way he approaches the crowd, the way he's speaking, and see if it's like a a performance yeah, okay. or if it's a slip. So have a look at this. This. 啊利有不逮但现在呢现在我们看到拜登上台了传统的精英政治精英啊这个建制派他们跟华尔街的关系是非常密切的所以大家看到吧拜登的儿子被特朗普说你在全球有什么基金公司发现没有谁帮他建的
that I wasn't able to solve in my presidency was the military-industrial complex. He named it. He said they control way too much. Anyway, so that's there's a lot of enemies of Trump. And that is the breaking news of the week. We just covered a lot. That's why they call you the quiet Australians. They don't want you to be loud. Time for Did You Know? Are we doing Did You Know? What about Please Explain? So this thing, I haven't prepared any. I did such a big Surely Not segment. Yeah. I, it's been a busy week, huh? Let's mush them together. Let's mush them together. So let's do a Did You Know and Please Explain at the same time. Should we talk about your new show or do that later? Yeah, we can tell them now. Okay. So I'm doing a show... Do you want to tell them or do you want me to tell them? You're already, you're already on. All right, I'm already Go. halfway roll, there. Roll. Um, I'm doing a new show and I'm starting off with Worldviews and I think it's really important that you go over and check it out because what I want to do is start a discussion at the real basic level so that we can start to understand why people are doing what they're doing, what's happening in the world and how to fit it into some categories to make sense of it really. And I really think it's going to be beneficial to all of you and I think it would be um, – I'd really like to spend that time with you basically. So hopefully you'll get to editing next week. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, on, it's, in, it's in the can. We just need to finish it off. Do you know why I love this idea? Because I feel like I'm constantly – whoa, your horses there, yeah, Josh. Yeah, like yeah. Too, too much, too much, too much. I feel it too. I'm very long-winded and I speak very – Slowly. Yeah, but you know, there, I, I have mixed feelings because what you have to bring is so valuable and I actually like to listen to it. But I just think that with this uh, with this show, we want to respect the viewers. They come here for some news and some commentary. Uh, and so I think it's actually a really good move that we're going to split it off into this new show mm. and you'll be able to go deeper, longer yeah. and harder and hopefully invite me on as a guest. And it's tough because the conversation situation is makes it easier to, to speak but direct-to-camera is a little bit more difficult. Until you invite me on. I find it that way. I'm trying to get on his I'm, show. I'm trying to resist so, it. All right. If we're going to do that, then what are we doing right now? Well, let's let's little, a little bit of a snippet from the secular humanist worldview, which is where most of the government is, they're a secular government and they're a humanist in their worldview. So in the literature in the past, the secular humanists have worked out four world crises that really motivate everything that happens in politics or the global reset. It does feel like that. It, it really, it's really all connected and it really comes down to basically these four uh, global problems that they're trying to fix. Um, this is all the way back from World War One. The first is obviously global war. Yeah, uh, we talked about this. League of Nations, World War One. can't have a war, it's deadly, yep. And also uh, combating violent extremism in the UN, right? Okay. Terrorism, all those things. These are part of this trying to prevent global war. Right. Next one is world overpopulation. Yep. Dick Smith argument. And the next one is related to it, overusing or squandering uh, natural resources. This is the thing where, you know, Star Trek took, took on a whole new meaning for me when I discovered that the whole narrative was a... Socialist, but it doesn't really matter. A socialist uh, post-scarcity 
narrative. The idea, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like resources were abundant for them. Yeah. They had to find new meaning for their race. We haven't reached there yet. We're still fighting over resources. So this disaster is that we're going to run out of resources uh, before we can go interplanetary. Mm. That was like uh, interstellar. Did they run out of resources? I think they had ecological the disasters. Is that when they yeah, all ate yeah. corn? And everything was dusty. I like corn. We all like corn. The music? Yeah. No, I don't like the music. Oh, okay. oh the, the fourth one was global eco- ecological disaster made by man, which has morphed into... Um, global warming, climate Global warming, climate change. climate change, yeah. So if you're looking at what the government's doing, recognising everything, you could probably fit everything into one of those four. Well, they, the global war, overpopulation... Resource scarcity. Resource scarcity and uh, ecological disasters. Ecological disasters, yeah. So everything... So, yeah, because governments seem to just react to that, like, disaster. That seems to be what motivates mm. political groups as well. Like, let me give you an example, right? So I'm not talking about, you know, the argument for abortion here, mm. but why does government allow abortion up to birth? Why not come halfway and just please some people and go to 21 weeks? Mm. You know, why are they so really into abortion up to birth? It can't just be to please feminists or other lobby groups. Well, population. They're stopping more population coming onto the earth. So I don't, I don't, I I see the logic behind that, but I don't agree. I don't think, say Dan Andrews get. I don't know if he did, but say he gets up as health minister in 2008 and says he wants to push abortion up to birth. I don't buy that he's trying to reduce the population of the planet. It's already happened in Victoria. I know. But I, I, I'm, I don't buy that he wants to reduce the population of the planet. He's a political animal doing yeah. it for the lobby groups that Yeah, you, you need mentioned. to read the literature. What? So, for instance, there's a guy called uh, McFarlane Burnett who was a virologist in Australia, from Australia, who won the Nobel Peace Prize. And before the internet, especially in the 70s um, or the 60s and the 70s, there was a people felt really confident, like that Chinese guy felt really confident to out themselves and what they're really thinking, right? And um, an abortion comes up, and social construction comes up in the literature all the time, and it even is a big push for the UN, making sure abortion happens in in is available in Africa and all that other stuff. Like, um, you're saying I'm mistaken. No, what I'm saying is... It's okay for him. I'm just wondering. There's um, there's literature to support the idea... It's called, it's, um, that it's on purpose, not no, necessarily... Okay. Like, to play sort of two, two sides of the fence, to please some people that they want to yep. please, to yep. socially construct a new society that they need to construct, um, but also to um, try and solve one or more of those problems. Okay. So, you know, even breaking down borders and multiculturalism is trying to address the issue of global war. Oh, everyone becomes friends. Yeah, yeah. Or, at the very least, it's not nation versus nation. It's a little local squabble that can be much more easily put down. Because when you disperse people throughout the planet, historically, when empires have done that, that's how you pacify a people. So what about the resource scarcity one? Is that more like the economic redistribution of wealth and all that? No, not necessarily, but it could be. Um, it's more about stopping unnecessary mining. They talk about food shortage, not using land for oh, food. Oh, saving the... Yeah, saving yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. 
like, for instance, in Victorian Parliament in 1971, when they debated the Environmental Protection Act, yeah. um, one thing that was deliberately brought up was what McFarlane uh, Burnett talked about, which was um, food scarcity. And they were saying, well, we'll just make Victorians eat less food. That's pretty... And that way we on. can export more to the people who are possibly starving. I mean, mm. don't ask the people of Victoria, yeah. but just make that decision unilaterally then. And this was the member for Templestowe at the time, which was a brand new thing. Mm. Okay, makes sense. Four disasters. So if you remember those four disasters and you see what's happening in the world, see They're how many it's trying to fit. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for teaching us something. It's a good teaser for your show. Yeah. It's going to leave a big hole in this show. I have to figure out what to talk about. I don't know. I can't help you there. Well, uh... We have uh, a break coming up, obviously, over Christmas. Well, not obviously, we're going to take a little break. And uh, nothing much will happen over Christmas, will it? Except, I don't know. Christmas? China, China and Trump and a billion other things will probably happen. Vaccines are rolling out in the UK. Oh, so much going on. Mm. Maybe we should do a show. Maybe we could do a Christmas special. What are we going to do for a Christmas special? Uh, I don't know, but we should dress up. Dress up. I don't know. If, I've never appeared out of a suit, have I? Oh, you suit. have. You had trackies once. Did I? Just uh, once, though, wasn't it? Yeah. It's not on brand, is it? No. Well, uh, have a good week, everybody. It's uh, a dark, dark place sometimes, isn't it? But, uh, hey, um, I don't know. Can We We can be hopeful. Of course we can Look, be hopeful. You, yeah, because you said to me the other week, um, I'm too defeatist or something. I, don't, I just don't... I, I, I don't like it when you are... Expressing defeatist ideas, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not sure what to be hopeful about hope, right now. Hope is hope is hope, like food. It keeps people alive. I, I agree. Look, I push hope all the time, but yeah. I always find some reason too. Hope for hope's sake. Like, it's got to be real. Oh, no. There's always a reason for hope. you just got to find it. Okay. Seriously. Because for all you people at home, you know, I say this all the time, take care of each other. I mean, that's the most the, the, minimum the best, level but, of hope. Yeah, but the next part you say is very important. Because no one else will. No one else will. We've got to take care of each other. We're getting to the point where we need to stop looking to government to look after us and we need to take care of each other. Do you know why? It's because the Premier's office doesn't set the tone in this state. We set the tone <laughs> in the conversations and the interactions we have every single day. Now, they say if you feel like you're saying something over and over and over, you, the audience is just starting to hear it. Really? Yeah. Have you heard that? Look, it's from I really famous public speakers. No, I've read a couple of famous public speakers, but it's more about talking slow. Apparently, I talk too quickly. Apparently, I talk too slowly. Yeah. But that's okay. Everybody's allowed to be different. Yeah. Uh, we, a lot of you have asked, "Who are we?" Well, I just I don't like to open the show with saying I'm Matt Wong because I find my name is quite generic. Uh, this is Josh. Don't know your last. No, you told me your last name I told last, you last night. Name, but I'd rather you not no. out it. So, but but Josh, it, we'll, you should do a bio on you. We'll, we'll do a, an interview or something. I've invited him on to the discernible interviews, and he's so far, you you've, you've basically refused just earlier. I yeah. It's good enough for MPs and, and famous people, but not for Josh. No, I just want the right context. I, I want I want you to submit the questions you're going to ask me. That's not how it works, my friend. Well, I can't do that because then you can plan. We've known each other a long time. It's kind of feel like this relationship is going a bit too quickly for me. Unbelievable. <laughs>